impact. You love to see it. Instant impact. Can it really go? Instant impact. How nice is he? Never going back. What is he gonna do on the next level? Instant impact. Is he gonna be a boom or bust? Instant impact. Is he gonna make or break? Instant impact. It's going down today. <laughs> Coming off that intro. Woo, we back. We back, baby. The impact. Who's going to make the impact? It's going to be a good show today, B.A. My boy, B.A. from the G.A. Brooks Austin, SI's own recruiting analyst. What's up, big dog? How you feeling? Fresh off the extra baby weight. Hey, man, extra baby weight is coming in nice and heavy. But, uh, nah, man, glad to be back on here. Took a week off, uh, or two weeks off, one or the other. Had uh, my baby boy, Carter Thomas, born seven pounds, uh, just over nine ounces. So, nice, healthy baby. Uh, downstairs whining and wailing like he should be. Got a good set of lungs on him, boy. We hear that all through the house. Um, but, man, it's been a crazy two weeks, um, a little over 10 days old. But what a blessing. Obviously, I mean, you got kids of your own, so it's a it's something that nobody in the world can compare you, or prepare you for. No, all, you know, all the, uh, what do you call it, all the cliches in the world. Nothing will ever fit, uh, you know, quite like actually having a child and seeing them. Uh, and being around them. So, man, it's been it's been great, but I, I'm glad to be back to work, man. I'm glad to be back on here uh, yeah. talking some football and talking about some commits. Listen, we're we talking some football. We're talking Power 5 commits. We're going to talk a little bit about the number one 22 quarterback in the country, some people's number one player in the country. We're going to talk about some people's number one defensive tackle in the country. Let's start off in your neck of the woods, SEC country, but going to a Big Ten school, yep. tight end, holding states, commits to Penn State, Talk to me about what you see on tape, what you like about this kid. So, obviously, the tape's one thing, but I've, I've seen Holden in person working out over with Terrence Edwards probably a dozen times at this point. Uh, 6'5", 225 pounds. Those are up-to-date numbers. I talked to him today uh, just to get kind of his measurables and see where he's at with his commitment. Uh, and, again, man, he's as fluid and dynamic of an athlete as you can possibly see at the tight end position. Um, I know we've seen the Avery Gilberts over the last couple of years. This is a little bit different. It's a little longer, uh, a little more linear of a prospect, not so tight and compact uh, as Avery is. Avery was a grown man when he was about 14 years old. Holden's still going to get bigger and develop a little bit more when he gets to Penn State and even throughout his high school years. Uh, and he's still pretty physically impressive. But he's just one of those guys, man, when you go watch him work out, if there's cameras around, He's one of those kids you've got to keep a camera on at all times because you never know what he's going to do. I've seen this kid make acrobatic catches that just guys his size playing his position at tight end probably shouldn't be doing. And he plays in an offense at Westminster that, you know, say what you want about pro-style offenses, but if they do one thing, they prepare the tight end for what they're going to be seeing in the college ranks, especially in the Big Ten. This guy knows how to be an end-of-the-line blocker. He knows how to get in a three-point stance, which these days – it's a dime a dozen. Most kids don't understand how to do it, and they don't want to do it. Holden's one of these kids that does. So I think he fits in really, really good in the Big Ten, even though he obviously was flooded with SEC offers. Um, he's my number one tight end in 2022 for a, a, a litany of reasons, a lot of which I just named. But I, I think he's just scratching the surface of what he's going to be. Look, Keith, this isn't a guy that was you know flooded with major offers in middle school, okay? He wasn't flooded with offers his freshman year of high school. He didn't get an offer until this spring, and his first offer was from Michigan. So since then, he's got about 25 offers, and since March of this year, he's chased down all these offers, and now he's committed to Penn State. So I think Penn State got a great football player here. I like his versatility at the tight end position. Yeah. Normally, when you talk about a kid – 
who's two years from graduating high school, he's more of a one-trick pony. Either he's an athletic mismatch or he's a guy that's a physical blocker. I think he combines the best of both worlds. I love his ability down the football field. He's athletic. I love his high-point ability. Uh, But also he's a relentless blocker. I love the way he gets after people. He's a nasty finisher. When you combine those two things in a kid who's 6'5 and 220 pounds, 225 pounds, still growing, I think you're looking at a big-time college football player but a big-time NFL guy as well, like Holden stays a lot. Uh, If he's not the number one tight end in the country in 2022, I'd like to see who is. But I love him as as a hybrid guy. He's the NFL mode hybrid guy right now in high school two years ago. Yeah, just wait until you see what this kid looks like as a freshman in college. I mean, I mean, he's going to get up to 245 pounds, yep. and it's going to get freaky. I mean, it's going to get as freaky as some of these guys that we've already talked about and named in terms of like A. Rick Gilbert. Um, I think A. Rick's got a little more of a, a, a route, you know, tree built together. Um, but Holden's just started really training, running these routes and figuring it out, and he's getting a lot better. Uh, just in the last five months since I've been seeing him. So uh, definitely an ascending prospect as well. No doubt. James Franklin getting a guy doing a great job recruiting there at Penn State as always. And they get probably the number one tight end in 2022. Moving along, fresh out of New Orleans, Louisiana, Warren Easton High School, 2022 defensive lineman Sean Washington commits to LSU. We talked a little off air about Sean. This is a this is a huge suck up. Okay. It's all of six, four and a half, three hundred and five pounds. Mm-hmm. Didn't play his sophomore year because of eligibility reasons. Also has some injury issues, but he's back now. He's on the camp circuit, on the showcase circuit, and this is a big rascal up in the interior. Going to remind some people of, of, of this last April's number one draft pick in the first round, Derek Brown, about Auburn, Sean Washington. A lot of talent, a lot of potential, but he's got to hone in, lock in, yeah. and be accountable and productive. In between the lines, what'd you see on tape? I, uh, first of all, I think the the difference between Sean and Derek is, I mean, Derek's got the feet of a ballet dancer. I mean, Derek Brown is one of the best athletes I've ever seen at 300 pounds. Just watch what he did. Uh, dang near took a, a fumble recovery back for a touchdown against Florida last year. So the the comparison there, size wise, might be there. But again, Derek Brown is one of the freakish, more freaky athletes I've ever seen at that size. This kid, just to tell you how good the freshman tape was. He committed to LSU over Alabama, Florida, Texas, and USC, again, based solely off the freshman tape. And if you go back and look at his freshman tape, he's pretty thin. I mean, he's playing outside on the edge, playing yes. defensive end, playing four eye. That's not what it looks like now. That's not what kids are, are this, these colleges are going to get their hands on when he shows up to college because the kid's going to be, like you said, 6'4", 305. And to me, it doesn't look like he's done putting on weight. And honestly, I've seen some of the late, the latest footage of him at Camp Circus, uh, thanks to our guys out there at our LSUSI.com site. And it doesn't look like great weight. And I know he took a year off. I understand that. But it wasn't due to injuries, okay? It was due to transfer rules and stuff like that. He could have been in the gym. He could have been training. He could have been doing good things. And not saying that he didn't. But, again, we're evaluating. He got these offers off a of freshman tape where he looks like he's about 270 pounds, and now we're talking about a kid that's 305 pounds and looks totally different. So you really may not even get to see him until his senior year because uh, the Louisiana area has already pushed their high school football back to late October. So who knows whether or not they're actually going to get to play, and if they do, what kind of season they're going to be playing there at Warren Easton. So you might go two years without seeing game tape on this kid, and he's going to show up his senior year and look like God knows what. This is a shade technique, 
that's only got tape at defensive end. To me, Keith, that scares me as an evaluator just because I don't know what it's going to look like. But what you do know is the frame and the size. But that's about it. That's all you can evaluate right now. If you have the type of athleticism to play the edge as a freshman, what does that say to you as a coach, as a college coach who's recruiting you? That that athletic ability and that nimbleness is there. Mm -hmm. Now, did did he gain maybe a little bit more weight than he probably planned to? Probably. Right. I did hear of an injury in the offseason that kind of held him back. So he's just now starting to get himself going. I love his ability to stack and share. It was a lower body injury, I'm assuming. Not sure. I'm not sure. I just said okay. injury. They did not pinpoint. From uh, what I saw, from what I saw, the weight he put on was upper body. It looked like the kid hadn't been been able to train his legs. Um, so that's just a hypothetical right there. I don't know either. Um, but if you're telling me there was an offseason injury, I would venture to say it was in his lower half because I would say if he put 40 pounds on, 25 to 30 of it looked like he put it on in his upper body waist up. No, I, I can see that. I love his length for an interior guy. The reason why I had the Derrick Brown comparison, Derrick Brown's a guy with extremely long limbs mm-hmm. for a big guy on the interior, and that bodes well. Sean's going to be a zero-tech, shade-tech. He's going to catch the double. He's going to lock out. He's going to be able to fight off as that guard works the second level. I love his ability to stack and shed. Um, I love his length. I think he has the athleticism. Does it need to be? Does it need to be developed? Uh, does it need to be honed in on? Absolutely. But I think it's there. He's got a couple more years of high school. I think he's going to do a good job. I think he's going to be a good fit for LSU if he ends up at LSU. But he's committed right now. Let's move along. We're going to the state of Texas. Interesting prospect here. A former LSU commit. 2020 linebacker Landon Watson commits to TCU. I've heard that before somewhere. LSU to TCU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marcel Brooks just transferred from a, being a national champion to TCU. Landon Watson now fl- goes from LSU commitment to TCU. And I saw some things I liked on tape, but I was not blown away. I was not impressed. Um, I was not in awe of what he could do. Now, you got to remember. I'm used to seeing a guy like John Davis on a weekly basis out here in Southern California. He's the premier outside linebacker in the country. Landon Watson does not meet that standard for me. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but looking at my notes, the best thing I liked about him was his intensity. The yeah. best thing I liked about him, his intensity. I can coach a guy that loves the game and plays with that type of love and passion and intensity for the game. But I just was not impressed, Brooke. Go ahead and tell me what you saw. I mean, I, I like that we're going to disagree multiple times tonight. I know we've already talked off air. There's one coming later that we really disagree on. I like Landon Watson's tape, honestly. 6'3", 245 pounds, or 240 pounds. I saw a fluid athlete. I saw an athlete that can move. When you see him on tape, he took an interception back for six. I mean, the dude can move in the open space. I don't know what part of this kid's film and his frame, when you compare what he did on tape to me and what he's got in terms of a physical frame, I don't know how this is a three-star recruit. I understand how he could have ended up at LSU. That makes more sense to me on tape. I think he's explosive, and he sets the edge really, really well. The, 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 the thing I do question, I think what you're hitting on here and what you may not see in it, I don't see a pass rush skill set yet. I don't see that at all, which which does scare me as an evaluator. If you're going to go play defensive end and true outside seven-tech defensive end, 
you better be able to hand fight and you better be able to bend the edge. I don't see that quite yet, but I'm interested to see what happens when you allow him to do that because what he was playing in out there in Texas was that four-eyed technique. He was playing inside shoulder of the tackle and was still, I, I like the way when I see him take run fits, I like the way he reads and reacts off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't get reached. I mean, from an inside four-eye technique, he sets the edge really, really well. You almost don't need an outside linebacker for him on his side of the football. I like everything he does in the run game. I'm with you. I wasn't impressed with what he does in the pass game. But then again, it's really, really hard to rush the passer from a four-eye technique, okay? Not everybody's the Lynch kid from Baylor from last year, okay? Not everybody gets 12 and a half sacks out there at Baylor playing in an inside four-eye technique. It's really, really hard. Let's see what he does at TCU when they actually line him up on the outside on the edge and allow him to bend or at least try to bend because I see an explosive athlete, okay? When he's moving and pursuing the ball carrier, that intensity that you're seeing – I'm seeing explosiveness when I see it. The intensity is there. I do think he could finish through the whistle a little bit, okay? When the ball's on the ground, don't celebrate. Go get the ball, okay? You created a fumble, now go recover the fumble is the only thing I would say about Landon Watson. But I was impressed, man, and I'm, I'm glad at least, you know, most of the time when we get on here, Keith, you and I are, are two kindred spirits. We like the prospects we like. We don't like the prospects we both don't like. Tonight we're going to get a little bit of disagreement. I think that's good for the viewers. Yeah, no question. I have in my notes because what's interesting to me is – they have him marked down here. I have 6'2", 225. Now, you yeah. mentioned 6'3", 240. That's a whole different athlete. Mm-hmm. I, so, and Gary Patterson is known as a 4'2", guy. Known as a 4'2", guy, right? So if you say, okay, Landon Watson coming in, at, at what I see is 6'2", 225 on him. I do not see 6'3", 240. I don't see that. I see this kid being an inside linebacker. At the, I don't see the length. I don't see the edge speed and quickness. I don't see the size to be on the edge. I see an inside linebacker. I think that's what he projects at the at the next level. I do not see an edge rusher here. Not for me. All right, let's move along. Corey Collier Jr. Four star. Cornerback. Is he though? Is he? Going to Is the University though? of Florida. I'm just telling you what they have him listed. Okay. Going to the University of Florida, I'm going to tell you what I like about this kid. I like his size. I like his range. I like his speed. I like his radius. More of a safety for me. He's a center fielder. He's a yeah. striker. At times, yeah, he's he a striker. Mm-hmm. He will lean into you, and he will explode upwards with them shoulder pads. Corey Collier Jr., going to Florida. He's from Miami. B.A., you like him. I can tell by the look in your eyes. Go with yeah. him. I mean, we're going to be talking about three Palmetto kids tonight. Yes. Um, Corey Collier, Jason uh, Marshall, and, of course, we'll finish the show with Leonard Taylor. This was probably my second favorite, okay? And it's not the five-star, all right? Every, everyone everyone wants to talk about our boy Jason Marshall Jr., who we're going to be talking about next. I like Corey's Collier tape just a little bit more, and I don't know what he's going to play. But first of all, let's just talk about this DB class that Florida's putting together Love and how, how deep it is. But it's, it's just, to me, I don't think they get to sign in day with this many kids. Think about it. You got Marshall. Collier, Wilcoxon, who I know is reclassing to 2020, but he's st- to me, he's still a member of this 2021 class. Okay, McMillan, who we've talked about on this show, Young and Dakota Mitchell. Okay, we're talking about six guys, and I know you like when we talk about Dakota Mitchell, you liked him more on the offensive side of the football, yes. but they've got him listed, and they got him going to play defense out there. So that's six defensive backs in one class, and I understand you play five defensive backs every down, basically, in college football nowadays, but 
that's a bit too many. I think one of these guys falls out eventually, and it's not going to be Wilcoxon as much as everybody thinks it is because he's about to enroll. So that's not going to be it. He did play a good bit of corner out there at Palmetto High School. We're talking about Collier again, um, and that might be where he ends up in college. But look, one of these guys, whether it's Wilcoxon or our boy Corey Collier, one of them's going to have to play safety. And I can tell you right now, it ain't going to be Wilcoxon. And you know how I know? Because he told me it ain't going to be Wilcoxon. <laughs> I, I, straight up. The, the, He's Kamar, calling the chats. Kamar, okay. No, Kamar Wilcoxon is one of these dudes. You talk to him. He, he don't mess around. He is a straight shooter. He will tell you what he thinks and only what he thinks. And I told him, I said, you're a safety. He goes, no, I'm not. I'm a corner. I said, your film and the way you hit says you are a safety. He said, I don't like to hit. I just did that because coach made me play safety. I don't like to hit. I like to cover. I said, oh, well, okay, that, that solves that. You ain't playing safety in college no matter how much they want you to play. You just ain't going to stick there because you can't hit or you don't want to hit. If you don't want to hit in the SEC, you ain't never going to hit. It ain't like that in high school. I mean, if you don't want to hit in high school, you're still physically dominant enough to do it. Uh, you're going to light some folks up. But as far as call your man goes, a really smooth, long athlete, right? 6'2". Uh, how big is he going to get, though? Because he's rail thin. That's my problem. But the surprising thing is, that dude sticks. You talked about it, man. He is a thumper, okay? And he's only 175 pounds. So yeah. if he gets up to 200, 205, because you never know what these kids' home life is like. You never know how much they're actually eating. You don't know what, what the, the meal plan looks like. I guarantee you it ain't what Florida's going to be stuffing in him for three years, four years, however long he's there. So yeah. how much bigger does he get is the question. Because I'm going to tell you what, if he comes out in a couple of years looking like Trey Dean does, have you seen Trey Dean lately? Yes. Because I have. That dude is freakish, like yeah. freakish. If that weight program puts weight on Corey Collier like they did Trey Dean, he's a dominant, dominant safety, and I think that's where he's going to stick. There's, there's no doubt. He's going to be 200 pounds before you know it. He's a center He's a quintessential center fielder, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to track the ball down, sideline <clears> to sideline. He's going to own the hashes, and he's going to punish people. He's a bit of an enforcer in the middle of the field, and I love his athleticism and his ball skills as well. Let's move along. We're talking about a new teammate, an old teammate, and a new teammate, defense, defensive back, the five-star, four. Some people got him four-star, some got him five-star. Jason Marshall Jr., Palmetto, Miami. Um, uh, looking at my notes, B.A., here's the deal. This kid's an elite athlete, okay? Mm-hmm. He's an elite with an elite ball skill. I see where the five-star comes in at, right? Yeah. He, you have a great athlete with great ball skills. And I love his size. He's a, I love his ability to 50-50 defend. Nowadays, it's all about being on that island. Because if you're going to stop the run, you got to play man-to-man. You got to mm-hmm. play man-to-man. And those corners are going to be on that island. And if you look at LSU last year, they dominated one-on-one, right? Yep. Both sides those of the ball. Both sides of the ball. But I'm just talking about those receivers, right? Those receivers mm-hmm. dominated with the ball in the air. This kid is elite with the ball in the air. And he's a very good athlete. Jason Marshall Jr., Palmetto, Miami, B.A., go. What you got? Saw the same things you saw. I mean, this is a quintessential cover corner, okay? You just throw him out there, say, hey, go play man-to-man, and he's going to be fine. You ain't going to have to worry about him. And then, yeah, he's got ball skills enough and and great recognition skills enough to be really, really well and exceed uh, in in cover three and cover four. Any type of zone coverages you want to run, he's going to be able to get it done as well. But I like what you like. I like the ability to just say, hey, we got a dude from the other team that's really, really good at the wide receiver position. Jason, can you handle him? Yes, sir. I got you, coach. Don't worry about it. All right, we'll move on to the rest of the game plan. Now we're playing 10 on nine 
uh, and, and we're simplifying the game plan just a little bit more. I think that's what this kid's got. And I also think he's going to play really early. Okay, not as much as the next the next Palmetto kid that I think we're going to really be talking about uh, in terms of Juwan Taylor. I think that kid's going to be playing exceptionally early at Miami. I think Marshall plays early at Florida as well. But again, so deep in that DB crew, uh, the the job that recruit those recruiter guys are doing in the defensive backfield to to get these guys because you know as well as I do, Keith, it's not that these kids don't like to compete anymore; it's that they want playing time early. And you know what the hardest thing to get playing time early is? Coming with some other dudes in your group that are just as good or better than you, uh, and, and they're fighting for playing time early as well. Um, I do, like I said, have to admit, I think Corey Collier's tape's just a little bit more flashy. Okay, He does more wow things um, in terms of being you know, an, an impactful football player on the field. But this kid does all the stuff that you, know, you may not see. And I also see on tape... It's hard to tell, but it is easy to tell because you don't see a ton of tape. Yeah. They weren't going after this kid. No. Got, t- teams were not throwing at this kid. And that tells you what everybody in South Florida knows, which is th- this dude is a lockdown cover corner, and that's all you got to be to be a five-star nowadays. Have the <laughs> link, which he does, 6'2", 180 pounds, and be able to lock it down. And that's exactly what he does. So um, I'm sold on Jason Marshall Jr. Uh, I, w- I would like to see more of it. But you know what? We're going to get to see it. When he gets on the field – as a yeah. freshman at Florida, He'll people play. are going to go after him. Yeah, yeah. people, but people are going to go after him just because he's a freshman. People went after Derek Stingley Jr. until they realized, oh, never mind. That ain't the what one to play idea. with. Yeah. yeah, that ain't the one to play with. I don't think that's this kid, but he's no. really good. No, he's good. I like him. I like him a lot. Let's move along. I'm going to let you lead this one off. Your Georgia dogs, this Georgia Bulldogs, they got a guy. They got a, a guy. Dude. And he's from my side of the country. And I'm going to let you start it off. But I'm telling you right now, they got a gift. That is a gift from God that landed to the Georgia Bulldogs. Go ahead. Take it away. I mean, first of all, how about Todd Hartley? This is the second year in a row he's gone out to the West Coast and pulled out a straight-up freak, okay, and a totally different freak than what he got last year. Last year he pulled out Darnell Washington out of Nevada. Darnell Washington is six, seven and a half. I know Keith don't don't rain on the parade yet. Okay, six, seven and a half, and is a dynamic athlete at the tight end position, whether or not – Keith thinks he's going to stay there as a whole topic of another discussion. But Brock, totally different type of athlete here in Brock Bauer. 6'3", 225 pounds, and is rocked up. I mean, rocked up. I think he is the most explosive athlete at the tight end position in the 2021 class. And quite frankly, I don't think it's very close. I, I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, Keith, but I don't see a dude at the tight end position or that super slot position that we like to call it so much. I don't see anybody doing this type of stuff that this dude does. He is a legit four or five runner, and the play speed is off the charts. And the most impressive thing I saw is the 40-inch vertical. That just go, I mean, that just tells you right there how explosive this dude is and how much time he spends in the weight room. And he can run just about any route. I mean, just about any route from any part of the field. And once the ball's in his hands, he is beyond dangerous. I saw him kick return for a touchdown, about an 85-yard kick return. He fits exactly what George is trying to do moving forward in their new system and the new wave of college football. This is what tight ends look like nowadays. I call them super slots because they're going to be in the slot matched up against linebackers, matched up against safeties, matched up against slot corners, and he is going to athletically overwhelm almost everybody, even in the SEC. That's why they went after this kid so hard because that's the type of weapon he's going to be when he gets on campus. You know – Listen, I know that you have the Georgia fans on lock, right? 
the Georgia Bulldog. If you're Georgia Bulldog fans and you're not following Brooks Austin SI on Twitter, shame on you. You need just you need to just go sit yourself in a bunker somewhere. Listen, Darnell Washington. Don't do it. It's six foot seven, six foot eight, two hundred eighty-five pounds. Next week he'll be three hundred. Oh God. And get ready, he's moving to left tackle. Oh no. Or he's transferring. Either one or the two. What happened? Darnell Washington just transferred? No, no. You are you always <laughs> think when I grab my you always think when I grab my phone, I got breaking news. Yeah. First of all, he's 270 pounds. Okay. okay. And he's six foot seven and a half. What are you supposed to be? 225? He's so damn tall. He's got enough weight. It ain't bad weight. Okay, if you look at him, he ain't nope. fat, he ain't chubby, he ain't got no loose, I mean, body fat. He don't look like me, put it that way, okay? It ain't loose, so just because I, this is the pet peeve I have in recruiting. I know we're, we're steering off in another direction. It's the same discussion we can have about James Williams. Just because you haven't seen it done before at that height and that weight doesn't mean it can't be done, okay? So recruiting guys get into this. They try to fit guys into a box all the time. Mm-hmm. Let the kid try. Let him do it before you just say, hey, well, you know, he might. who cares? Leonard Pope, and I know this was a long time ago. Leonard Pope was 6'7", 285 pounds. He played tight end, okay? But he was a blocking tight end. I understand that. This kid uh, can was do Was he 285? All- Leonard Pope, was he 285? Whoa, whoa, I know whoa. Leonard Pope pretty well. Leonard, Leonard Pope was a heavy dude. He's never been 285 in his life. He's not Leonard 285 Pope, now, Pope and he's 10 years, big. and he's five Leonard years removed. So listen. Okay, this is a different kid. He's long, linear. I think he's athletic. I think Darnell Washington's going to stick at tight end, okay? That's okay. just me. And even if yeah. he's only a red zone tight end, even if you only use him inside the inside the 30s, okay, he's still going to be a weapon. Nobody's going to be able to body him, okay? Even if you guard him, he's still got a foot on you, no matter what, plus his arm length. So I, I think the discussion of him moving to tackle, give it three years before you bring it to me. But don't don't just shut him out just, already. Just rem- no, I'm not shutting him out. Just remember I told you, this is what I do. This is why they pay me the big bucks. But let's go back to Brock Bowers. Yes. Georgia fans. You have just got a commitment from what I think is the best tight end prospect since probably Brevin Jordan, who's at the University of Miami. And he's probably a better prospect than Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan I had as the number one tight end in the country. Nobody had a number one tight end in the country. Now, you know, they're talking about him being a first-round draft pick. I was about to say, he'll be a top 40 pick. Yeah. Brock Bowers is the best tight end prospect I've seen over the last five years. All of 6'3", all of 220, and there's nothing he can't do. Hmm. You want him to end line, he can crash down on somebody in a power game. You want him to scream out in a slot? He can beat he can beat press man. You want to put somebody bigger on him? He'll put you into the ground. This is a physical route runner. He will knock you off your pedal and leave you in the dirt. Sniffing daisies. Brock Bowers <laughs> is you talked about explosive athlete. We talked a little bit off air about George Kittle. Just mm-hmm. signed for $75 million. This is George Kittle on steroids. That's what you're looking at. That's what you're looking at. I like this that. kid will be a better route runner, a better athlete, and a bigger playmaker if they throw him the ball. I'm, I'm telling you, this kid is the real deal Holyfield. There's no question in my mind he's going to be special at Georgia. He's going to be able to do everything in that offense. 
He's going to be a mismatch nightmare for defenses. You put a nickel corner on him, he's going to plant you into the ground because he's just way too physical. Yeah. You put a safety on him, he's going to leave you. His route running is elite. He can get in and out of breaks. He can stick his foot in the ground and separate with the best of them. You want to put a linebacker on him, say goodnight. Strike up the band. It's over. Over. It's over. Georgia hit a home run with Brock Bowers. A home run. The kid is elite. He is five stars. I know people got he's a four-star here. He's a whatever there. He is a five-star football player. Don't tell me about prospect. Five-star. You put him in the backfield, he would be a four-star running back. That is fact. He's got tape at running back. That is fact. I don't I don't think you can commend Todd Hartley enough for what he did because from day one when the 2021 cycle opened up, everybody knew, everybody in the country knew that Brock Bowers was Georgia's number one and only target at tight end. Yeah, they flirted around with some other guys because they might hit on him, but or they might miss on Bowers, but they I mean they they went after Bowers harder than anybody in this class. I mean, he honed in on Brock Bowers, sole focus, sole attention, and they landed the kid, brought him all the way from California when schools like Washington are in his backyard, schools like, uh, you know, Oregon Stanford. was on him too, Stanford was on him too. So, all, yeah, all those schools out there were all over him, and he yeah. comes out of the East Coast. He took a trip out here to Athens by himself with his parents on his own dime just to see the school just to make sure he was, you know, making the right decision. And it, yeah. I, I think he did because what they're doing in this offense, what they're moving closer towards, man, he's going to be special. They're going to use him a lot. If I'm Darnell Washington, one of two things are going to happen. Either one, I go to left tackle, or two, I transfer. Brock Bowers is coming. That means Darnell Washington is going either to left <laughs> tackle or he's going to transfer. So I'm just telling you. It's not is there is no comparison. Hey, bro, you, you've been you've been in this game longer than I have. I'm just saying that let's let's see, let's just see, okay? Because I know I know separation is going to be a problem for Darnell Washington. I understand that, but again, he don't he ain't got to separate as long as the ball placement is correct. Which I know that's putting a lot on your quarterback, but he's so damn massive, man. And I know a lot of these guys are big, but he looks extra big out there on the football field. So he let's is. just see. Let's just see. Let's see what it looks like. Otherwise, if it's go to left tackle, he might as well go be a hooper, bro. He might as well go play power forward and dunk on folks because I guarantee you he don't want that smoke at left tackle. I just don't think he's a tackle prospect. I think you can leave him at tight end. That's the enigma of Darnell Washington. Yeah. It's 6'8 and it's 270, but but, but is he a dog? Is is he a dog, though? Because I'm going to tell you who is a dog. The 5'8". Oh, well, Brock Bowers is a dog. That's not to be up for questioning or discussion. But the five foot eight Andre Selden Jr., who's at the University of Michigan, who matched up with Darnell Washington in Under Armour practices, in fade drills, and locked him down five eight yeah. versus six eight. That's fair. All 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 it's fair, fair discussion, bro. Uh, all yeah, fair discussion. I just but when you watch him move, man, they were running. They were designing, and I know it's Nevada football. They were designing damn bubble screens for this dude. They're running like a gazelle, okay? The dude can move in open field. That's why I want to see him with the ball in his hands because he's frightening with that ball in his hands. But, hey, we'll, we'll just have to see, man. We'll have to wait that out. We'll definitely have to see. Let's move along. We got More our man, four-star offensive lineman, Rocco Spindler. He's got a lot of lineage. He commits to Notre Dame. Rocco, 
Notre Dame's got a really good offensive line class. Really mm-hmm. good. Blake Fisher's one of my favorite prospects in the country. I mean, he's, he's going to be an animal at the next level. When it all comes together for him, you better look out. He's going to be a big-time big, big time problem up front. Rocco Spindler plays the inside. He's going to be a guard. He's four-star. And you saw some things on tape that you didn't like. You have some questions. I do. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people? Yeah, I, I can't lie. I wasn't overly impressed with the tape. Look, I get the pedigree. I, I get his dad was, you know, a seven-year pro. I get the frame. You know, he's 6'5", 300 pounds, looks ripped up. I can tell you he's physically peaked. I can tell you that right now. He, he's not going to get much bigger. He's not going to get much stronger in college. I don't believe that. I simply – I don't get the hype on this one, okay? Not an incredible athlete when you watch him move. Doesn't move great. Doesn't establish great hand or hat placement, which is kind of shocking considering the lineage. You would think he'd be a little better coached up. He slides to his blocks more often than he does take great steps, which is a major problem to me, okay? I want to see good footwork from offense linemen, especially guards, okay? That – that first two, three steps is no more important on any position than it is at the guard and center position uh, for an interior offensive lineman. And, and, and honestly, even the finishing reps, okay? We, we talk about wanting to see what a four- or five-star offensive lineman look like. Watch him finish. The finishing reps don't look overly impressive to me, okay? You want to you look what a four- or five-star guard looks like? Go watch Michael Morris finish down here in South Georgia football. Okay, His kid's up there playing in Michigan football, which, look, the size was there. I don't know if he's playing against the type of athletes that he's going to be seeing even on a Notre Dame schedule. The finishing reps didn't look great. Even when he finished, his feet were tied together. So he's going to get thrown off those blocks when he gets into the, the college ranks. Again, there's great frame. There's tremendous potential. The tape and tech just aren't there for me. But again, who am I? Who am I, Brooks Austin SI, to be sitting here questioning what Notre Dame is going to be doing with offensive linemen? Because look at their track record, okay? Their track record speaks for itself. They know what they're doing at the offensive line position. I just don't get this one. I, I don't I don't see what other people are seeing other than the fact that he looks physically impressive when he gets off the bus. And my God, does he look physically impressive? Yeah. Now listen, all of 6'6 six, six and, and 320. Playing yeah. in the interior, right? Playing in the interior. This is what we call a projection commitment. Right? Go ahead. He's 6'6, six, six, 320. Why is he playing in the interior? Because he's not that great of an athlete. Okay, go ahead. Right. Again, this this is a projection deal. You talk about the lineage. You talk about the frame. Right there, he's a four-star. The lineage and the frame, right there, they're going to call him a four-star. Now, is he a great athlete? No. But is he athletic enough? Yeah. I've seen him work second level. I've seen him get out on the screens. He's got pretty good foot speed. Foot quickness, balance, and coordination. Now, on contact, does his feet get a little tight? Yes. Is, does he need to be more dominant at the point? Yes. Um, does he need to create and generate more power on contact? Absolutely. But again, I like the upside. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at. I like yeah. the upside. And look, it's a great. Like I said, man, Notre Dame can develop them better than anybody. You can make their argument better than anybody in the country. So yes. if, if what they're banking on is pedigree and frame, they made a good gamble because the gamble's all in their development and their coaching staff. And yes. that offensive line coaching staff has proved that they can do it. Um, and, and all the stuff I talked about when, when we're talking about pad level, his, his uh, hat and hands, all that stuff can be fixed. We can, bring, yes. we can teach a kid to bring his hips, which you can't teach a 6'6", 320. 
Okay. And, and, and the strength in the raw numbers that he has uh, in terms of his, his power numbers, I guarantee they're through the roof. Just looking at the kid, you know, in, in shorts and a t-shirt he's put together, he's spent some time in the weight room. Um, but I, I worry about whether or not he's physically peaked. I worry about the technique and the, and the, the pad level and the feet and all that good stuff, all that stuff. Maybe they can finish and, and fix up. We'll have to see. You know, I expect that that staff to clean him up. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they did coach Quentin Nelson. He's only the greatest offensive guard in the history of American football. So I expect him to clean up. Again, it's a projection. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm holding you on that one, too. I would take another Notre Dame kid and Zach Martin as the greatest guard ever. Oh, Zach, no. Every, oh, no. Bro, every, Listen, everybody's puffing smoke about Quentin Nelson. He's only been in the league two years. Let's see what he does year seven like Zach Martin's doing. Zach Martin's still all pro year seven in the league. So let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Okay, Zach Martin was a top 10 pick as well. Zach Martin, best Notre Dame guard to come out. And I understand Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson's got all the – I want Quentin Nelson's PR guy, okay, because I've met Quentin in person. Um, Not the best talker in the world, okay, not the best personality in the world. I, but again, he's office lineman. We m- most of us don't have shining personalities like yours truly. Okay, <laughs> some of us are introverts. Okay, not all this of us are true. extroverts. This um, is true. We like to hit people and eat. Okay, so does Quentin. But I'm I'm just telling you, Zach Martin, seven years in, still all pro. Give it some time. And I ain't saying Quentin Nelson ain't gonna be a Hall of Famer because he's on track to do so. Okay, he's made two All Pros in his first two years of the league. That's only been done by Hall of Famers. Okay, that's it. The only people to ever do that, Hall of Famers. So he's on the right track. I'm still y'all y'all sleeping on my boy Zach Martin. But listen, I'm listen. Zach Martin is good, but I've seen him be dominated. I've seen it with my own eyes. Go watch, go watch the. Uh, I, I think it's Calais Campbell is who put uh, Quentin Nelson in the dirt. Go watch, go watch uh, Quentin Nelson week one uh, or week two, I believe it was. It, granted, his rookie year, but he was an All Pro's rookie year. We've only got two to evaluate. Go watch him against Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney put that boy six yards in the backfield. Okay. It happens. Everybody gets everybody gets got in the NFL. It's the NFL. In the interior. It's the NFL. Everybody gets got. But I'm telling you, everybody just wants to puff. And Quentin's great. Again, Quentin is great. First of all, this dude we just got done talking about ain't neither of these two guys. No, 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 no. No. Rocco ain't that was, neither that of these two guys. <laughs> no. But I like that we're talking Notre Dame offensive lineman. I'm yeah. just saying. It, they're one A, one B, and you can argue which one you want. And I probably went a little heavy on the Zach Martin talk. You went, you went, you went a little heavy, it, it straight was heavy. Much. But everybody just forgets about him, man. And he's, no, he's, I'm not forgetting. No, he's been a five year old in seven years. He's Listen, great. He's really good. Q is is a different dude, though. And, and I, if mm-hmm. anybody's been following me, they know in that draft where Saquon was in that draft, I said mm-hmm. Q is the best player in coming out. Yeah. And I love Saquon. I mean, he's as mm-hmm. good as you can get as a running back. But I'm a big Q guy, and I have been for the last five years. So let's move okay. along. We're talking Notre Dame football again. They got a linebacker coming in. Jalen Smith comes to mind when I watch this guy on tape. You talk about speed and power. Prince Coley. Now, I don't know if Prince is Nigerian. I don't know. He might be from a different country, <laughs> but let me tell you something. That boy's coming. Yeah. And when he's coming, he's drumming. Yeah. 
He's trying to knock your head off. Yeah. He's running side. And listen, this kid can close. He can accelerate. He can finish. And when he gets to you, it's like a Mack truck. Prince Carly, man, I like this dude. This dude right here, he's a player. He's going to be a leader of that Notre Dame defense within two to three years. And he'll be their leading tackler for two years. He'll, he'll average 100 tackles a season. I like this cat, man. He can rush the passer. He can run sideline to sideline. He can jump passing lanes. Um, there's not much he can't do at 6'2", 200. And, and Jalen Smith is a great comparison, I think, right here. Go ahead, B.A. Can, can we just do something right now, you and I, Keith? Can we just do away with the outside linebacker position as a whole? You, you agree that everybody's running nickel, right? Yes. Okay, you agree. Can we just take defensive ends and edge rushers? Just that's it. You're either a true defensive end or you're an edge rusher like Von Miller and Khalil Mack, or you play inside linebacker, okay? This, this, outside, linebacker, this outside linebacker position ceased to exist in modern football. It doesn't happen, okay? It, nobody is leaving an outside linebacker at 6'3", 235 pounds in the slot, okay? It ain't, it ain't happening. It's it just not. So can we just remove the position as a whole? Because when you look up Prince Coley and you ask him what he is, he'll tell you he's an athlete. The rest of the recruiting services in this world will tell you he's an outside linebacker just because he plays on the edge in high school and rushes the passer. I'm telling you right now, he's six foot one, 203 pounds. He is a inside linebacker. Okay. Yeah. Notre Dame runs a four, two, five, just like about 95% of the rest of the country. All right. He's going to be playing inside linebacker. Let's just remove the outside linebacker discussion from the rest of eternity. Let's get it away until people start running into tight ends and we start, you know, inline tight ends and we bring back three linebacker boxes and all that stuff. Just remove it. It's Mike and Will. That's it. There is no Sam no longer. All right. On to Coley. Love him. Absolutely love the prospect. I guarantee you this kid, like you said, will play. He's going to need to add some weight on. He's about, like I said, 203. Going to need to get up to about 225, 230 before he gets onto the field, and I guarantee you he'll do it like that when he gets to college, okay? He is a really, really good athlete, explosive as can be, and, you know, he's even carried the ball. He will carry the ball this year for his high school football team, which goes to show you what kind of athlete he is. Got great play strength, man. When this guy arrives to the ball, just, yeah. just nothing but explosion, explosion. Okay? explosion, explosion. All right, this yeah. is the definition of an explosive an instinctual athlete. I like this kid's instincts a lot. He's got a real good nose for the football, uh, and he's even got some ball skills. We watch him play some tight end. It's kind of freaky watching him track the football. So I like Prince Coley a lot, man. I mean, I'm, Georgia was heavily in on it. I mean, they were, they're probably never going to give him the green light because they're waiting out some other guys at the linebacker position. But Coley, man, a really, really good football player, like you said. I think I don't quite see Jalen Smith just because Jalen Smith's probably, what, 6'4"? And Jalen Smith real tall. About Real six, long, three. yeah. Six, so, three. I mean, explosive wise, athletically, I athletically. think it's good. Athletically, it's a good comparison. The frame's not quite there. Um, Jalen Smith's a freak from day one. This isn't quite that kid. Um, we'll see what it looks like sophomore year. But I'm with you. I think it's a hundred tackle kid just because he's got such a good nose for the football and he's really, really fast. Man, his his speed to the ball is pretty eye popping. You know, I'm in my feelings a little bit, BA. I'm in my, I'm in my feelings. You, what did you, I do? You, bro, you just broke me down. You know, because I was an outside linebacker. And, I, and I'll never forget when the conversation you just engaged in played out in my real life. Right? Oh, we're, man. We're on the road. It went, went nickel. You got off the field. Oh, man, bro, listen. That's, that's listen sorry. We're, we're on the road. We're playing a team that's going four and five wide. And this is just when the spread started 
coming into play. This is 2001. Mm-hmm. And I'm the outside linebacker. They tried to make you split the difference, didn't they? And, and, and listen, man. Mm. The other quarterback, he had just threw for 500 yards against somebody the week Ooh. before. And, man, they came out in five wide. Man, coach got me off that field so fast. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> they there in five wide. He got me off the field. Then they went to four wide. He kept me off the field. Mm-hmm. And, man, I sat on the sideline for probably 70% of that game. Mm-hmm. And I was – we won. I didn't really make no plays. Yeah. It bothered me a little bit. Yeah. And I sat on that sideline and said, maybe I need to move to safety. <laughs> because Probably. listen, man, what, what you just described played out in my real life. Like, uh, you know. And that was, in the, that was in the early 2000s? It's the early 2000s. Yeah, that's 20 years ago. So just ago. get rid. Just stop. Stop thinking you're an outside linebacker. I don't care if you could do it in high school. If yeah. you can't play true inside linebacker, with your length and size, if you're mm-hmm. six three and above, get your hand in the dirt. Figure out how to rush the passer. Sit. If you're under six three, figure out how to read your keys and play in the box because Sit. that's what it is. It, and, and if you can't do that, you can't play linebacker or rush the passer or play defensive end. And, and prime example: go look at Georgia's depth chart. Okay, Georgia tries to claim themselves as an odd front defense. They try to say they have two outside linebackers. They don't. Okay, they run what they call a mint defense which is a – it's a cheat man. It's a poor man's uh, even front, okay? They play yes, a true zero. They play mm-hmm. a true zero, play a little bit of a three technique, but he's kind of just in B gap. They play a five, and they play a seven, okay? Mm-hmm. Guess who the seven is? It's Aziz Ojolari. Go look on the roster. Aziz Ojolari is listed as an outside linebacker. They call it a jack. Their jack plays with his hand in the dirt. He is yep. a defensive end. When he goes to the league and gets drafted, Okay, when he goes to the combine, probably this year, he will be running with the defensive lineman. He will not be running with the linebackers. So just stop. If you, if you can't cover and you don't play in the slot, you are not a slot corner, you are not a safety, then you're probably a linebacker. If you're too big to play linebacker, you're probably a defensive end. Figure it out, kids. And if you don't figure it out early, you're going to be like Keith. You're going to get positioned out, and you're going to be sitting on the sideline saying, Coach, why can't I play? Well, you can't do this. You're not fast enough and you can't cover, so you can't play outside linebacker or in the slot. You don't know how to read your keys, so you can't play linebacker, and you ain't tall enough and you can't rush the edge because you didn't figure out how to run pass moves. You're going to position yourself out to figure it out. You, you Listen, you're spitting facts. The next week, I was playing backup middle linebacker. There you go. regular position on the outside. When I was out the game, the mic needed a breather, the wheel needed a breather, I was in there. Keith got reps. I got my reps. Keith got reps. It, it, it didn't feel, I never really sat on the sideline before in my life. And to sit on the sidelines didn't feel great. But, you know, that, listen, you just had me in my feelings a little bit. I had to take a trip down memory lane. Let's move along. We're going to finish up with our last commitment of the day. This is interesting to me. Interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, I like the kid. Leonard Taylor commits to Miami. Miami Palmetto. Five-star defensive lineman. He's some people's number one defensive tackle in the country. And he's yours, okay? 6'4", 270. Love his frame. He's got an unbelievable frame for the interior. But I have questions, B.A., and I know you're going to – I'm going to let you jump in here 
I have questions. Number one, I don't see the foot speed. Number two, I don't see the explosiveness off the ball. Number three, I do not see the accelerate, close, and finish. Good? Yes. Is he really good? Eh. Is he elite? Is he? I, I, I didn't see it. I like it. He's a playmaker now. Gets yeah. his hands on balls, picks balls off. But if you want to be elite, and, and I'm going and I'm to compare him to somebody. If you look at Corey Foreman, Corey Foreman is not going to be an edge player. No. He's going to be an interior player. But, his, but Corey Foreman is the closest thing you're going to get right now to Aaron Donald. His get off in the interior is ridiculous. Yes. Unblockable. Just unblockable. Just too fast, too quick, and can get skinny, can, can beat blocks in multiple ways. Leonard Taylor, different player than that, different skill set. I, but if you say, okay, who's the five-star interior player? Is it Corey Foreman or is it Leonard Taylor? And I didn't know either. And I just looked at the tape. If I looked at the tape, I said, Corey, Corey Foreman's the elite kid. The other yeah. kid is good, but that's the elite kid over there. I, I, I did not see elite prospect out of Leonard Taylor. That's let's just take, for me. Let's take Corey Foreman out of this discussion and, <laughs> and, le- and just leave him at defensive end like he's being evaluated as right now, even though I'm with you. And so is Sports Illustrated, for that matter. SI All-American yeah. is of the belief that Corey Foreman will be playing three technique when he gets to college or yep. inside four eye, whatever, if he goes to not front defense, okay? Yep. I, another point of discussion, just like there's no outside linebacker, if we're going to evaluate defensive tackles, I like to separate mine because of Aaron Donald is the exact reason I like to separate mine. You are a shade tech or you are a three tech, three tech. okay? Yep. Your shades and zeros, I don't need to see you be able to rush the passer. All I need you to be able to do is two gaps, stop the run, be a fat boy, clog it up. That's really all I need. I need you to be brute strength, powerful, push the line of scrimmage, hold the point of attack, do all that great stuff. If you're playing three technique in 2020 because of what Aaron Donald has done, done because of what Grady Jarrett has done to the game of football, you best be able to get after the passer. And I think guys like Leonard Taylor can do that. I don't compare him to Aaron Donald. You compared one of these guys on the, one of our previous shows, and at this point they're all blending together because we've talked about so many kids. Leonard Taylor to me is Fletcher Cox. He's that type of three technique where he's so long, the appendages are so long that you can't ever get into his chest. And that for a defensive lineman is invaluable. You cannot put a price tag on that because you'll never be able to get locked in. You'll never be able to get engaged and control his momentum, control his pads, and control his hips for that matter because he's so long and so lanky. 6'4", 270 pounds. The ceiling of this kid, because I don't think there's very much bad weight on him, I think the ceiling weight-wise is 300 pounds. I think he can get to that point. And at that point, he is physically as impressive as Fletcher Cox is. And what you're talking about, that burst, that explosion – yeah, it's not really on tape, but he is a good athlete. He is a good athlete. I think he's got fluid movements and fluid body patterns. My other thing I want to talk about a little bit, this is our third Palmetto High School kid we talked about tonight. Is this safe to say, and two of them are five stars by most of the people in this industry. Right. Is this safe to say Palmetto High School has got the most talent on the defensive side of the football in the country? Is that is that fair? Because I think that's fair. Ooh. I don't know about that. But – they're definitely and, in the argument. And I, guarantee, and I guarantee you, in Miami-Dade County, knowing the talent that's around that area, they ain't the only three dudes on that football no, team on that defensive no. side of football. The other thing I want to talk about, Miami, man. We talked about Florida loading up their defensive backfield. Miami is just – they're, they're putting a border around Dade County, 
and saying, you ain't coming in here and pulling out, except for the, the other two Palmetto kids, okay? Exception. We'll just leave them out of discussion. And they're two pretty good football players. No doubt. I understand no doubt. that. But 12 of the 21 commits for Miami are from Dade County, including James Williams. I mean, say what you want about what they did the last couple of years. Say what you want about what that roster and what that, that football program has looked like over the last couple of years. They're recruiting, baby. They're getting after it. They're recruiting some, some good football players. I do like this kid a lot more than any other three technique we've had uh, on this show, on these show sheets that we've talked about. I do think he is a day one pass rushing threat. I think he can get after it. We're going to have to see if he's got play strength, though. If he can sink his hips and he can hold the point of attack because he just hasn't been tried. No one, no one's tried him at the high school level. Uh, we'll see if he can hold double teams because that's what he's going to get. You play three technique in college, you're going to have a guard and a tackle come at you with a tag block. And they, they're gonna move. They're gonna move your butt. If you can't figure out how to split and hold your point, um, then, then you ain't gonna play. But he will play on third downs really, really early in Miami. Um, to me, this is the kid that has the ceiling for the highest instant impact his freshman year because of his his just physical presence. What he can do on third down, I think this kid plays early. And the situation there at Miami. Look, that that defensive line. They ain't seen a dude like this come through in a long time. Okay. Say what you want about him, Keith. I know you ain't sold on him as much. They haven't invested in a five-star like this on the defensive front in quite a while. So he will get early playing time, and I think he'll play well. When you talk about a five-star B.A., I always come back to, is he a dog, though? Is he a dog, though? Is he a dog, though? Because when I turn on the tape, right, and there's a lot of evaluators out there, when I turn for, on the for tape, people who can't, for, for people who can't figure it out, if you've been listening to us by this point, we are tape evaluators. That's it. Yeah. We, I mean, we are 100% Don't tell me about evaluators. what you did at a camp. Don't tell nope. me about what you did in T-shirt and shorts because I don't want to nope. hear it. If that camp don't have helmet and shoulder pads on, you can throw that out the window because Keith right. and I ain't looking at it. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's just what it is. When I, when I look at the tape, because I, I, I'm a firm believer in you are who the tape says you are. Now, you're saying that this kid is a good athlete. But the tape says this kid has slow feet and there's no – there's no – them feet aren't popping, right? Yeah. There's no acceleration. There's no close yeah. on the ball. I don't see that on tape. So it gives me a little concern. To be, to be fair, do you see that even today in Fletcher Cox game? That's why I compared him to that. Yeah, yes. His close game, you do. yes. Yeah, go okay. back and look at Fletcher Cox. Fletcher, excuse me, Cox. Because I see, I see a brawler. I see just somebody who's going to physically dominate. He can when I when I watch Fletcher Cox. Watch a lot the of la- bull, lot of watch, the la- there. watch the last two steps towards the quarterback, and I and okay. I rewinded, I rewinded Leonard Taylor multiple times, and I'm tr- I'm trying to find the ex- listen, the accelerate, the close, the fence. I'm trying to find it, and I did not see it on tape. That concerns me. Okay, not saying that he does not or cannot have it. I just don't see it right now. Fletcher Cox, I do see it, but here's the thing. When I see him even get shots on a running back, just go back and look at the tape. Yeah. Is he, is see, he killing, is he killing somebody? You got to see death from a five-star yeah, tackle. I, I really I do. You. I hear go, you. To, go to hear Corey you. Foreman's tape. When he I gets to a back you. or a quarterback, he's trying to kill people. I hear you. And I just don't – I always ask myself, B.A., is, is he a dog, though? Now, you know who is a dog and who my number one shade technique prospect in the country is, is Mason Smith. And we can end it on no that. that. That's that's a dog. That that's is a dog. dude, okay? And he's going to play shade tech in college. That 
if we're just going to combine the two and we'll bring in Corey Foreman too, I would probably say Mason Smith. Honestly, I know Corey, I know everyone says Corey Foreman is the best player in the country. And I know he went out to the opening and dominated and was the best player there. And I understand that that carries weight. I understand he made Tate Rattledge look dumb on a couple of plays. And that guy's a four star. He's going to Georgia. Corey was a year younger. I understand he's excelled in the last year and a half. Mason Smith's the real deal, folks. Ain't no question. I'm telling you all that right now. I'm not going to um, argue that. Wherever he goes, and I, it's really hard to get them kids out of New Orleans and to leave LSU. Um, and I think that's probably where he's going to go. That's a shade technique. That dude's nasty. Corey's a three technique. That is Aaron Donald. You're correct there. That's what it looks like. And I would take Aaron Donald over Fletcher Cox in terms of the body mold. And if, if we're going to talk about what modern football looks like at the defensive tackle position, there is no more bad weight. If you look at Aaron Donald with his shirt off, he is a specimen. Okay. There's like 2% body fat. Hell, he ran 4.63 at the NFL Combine. That's what it looks like nowadays. Leonard Taylor is not that. So I understand your uh, pessimism here. Yeah. But I got to yeah. go, baby. I'm on, I'm on baby yeah. dude. You are on baby dude. Man. Let, me, let me get you up out of here. Anyway, thanks for joining us here on Instant Impact, man. We'll see you guys next week. Tap in with us. Coach Keith, BA from the GA. You know how we do it. Y'all take see care. Be good. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, my sleep of the week this week comes from Southern California, my hometown, home state, home region, home area. Uh, I want to shout out Andre McKinney Jr., Rancho Verde slot receiver. Uh, he's been blowing up a little bit this offseason, going to camps, showcases, so on and so forth. Um, I like him. He's a, he's, he's a slot receiver. He's dynamic. He's a great athlete. He's got really good hands, but I love him after the catch. He's got the ability to release without being affected off the line of scrimmage. He's got a really good shake on him. Uh, he's got the speed to, to get into his route and really stack guys and create separation out of the break. I love his hands. And then, again, after the catch, man, he's electric. He's got some wiggle. He's got some jiggle. And he can do his thing with that football in his hands. I'm just trying to tell you, Andre McKinney Jr., uh, Rancho Verde High School, this week's Transparent Truth, Sleeper of the Week. Congratulations. All right, thank you so much for joining me here on Transparent Truth, Instant Impact. Check back with us next week or Five Star Friday. As we know, we're going to bring you some of your very special guests here on The Truth. Until then, there's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.